All right. It's been a little while since I've even done a music-themed episode, so we're going to get right back into that by talking about some dirty, rapid Miami-based anti-censorship pioneers known as Two Live Crew. Through the history of music, some groups received criticism for insensitive or offensive lyrics, either deemed sexist, racist, homophobic, against traditional values or whatever, or sometimes even the music style itself is considered scandalous. With Two Live Crew, the main problem that some people had was pretty simple. Their lyrics were nasty, and intentionally so. There was really no denying that Two Live Crew set out to offend people, and that was really one of the hallmarks of their you know, a musical career. That was one of the things that they ushered in, you might say. And, of course, people like Tipper Gore of the uh, Parents Music Resource Center might have characterized them as a Trojan horse, bringing in lewd and lascivious lyrics into the traditional family home. They were one of the first commercially successful rap groups to routinely not use clean language. Though, of course, in terms of general offensiveness, credit must also be given to some punk, metal, and even regular rock and roll bands who sometimes had offensive themes of their own, certainly some of which definitely would rival Two two Live Crew. And then, of course, you've got comedians who were pushing the envelope as well. But with Two Live Crew, they may be the first hip-hop group to regularly incorporate Miami-based dance beats into their offensive songs, and they mentioned sex a lot in their music. Like, there was no subtlety to it whatsoever. And really, it was funny stuff. If you were to go ahead and listen to a lot of their stuff now... um. If you're into that kind of humor, I think you would definitely appreciate Two Live Crew. Then again, maybe you wouldn't like them. It's one of those things that's really up to the listener to decide if they're worthwhile or not. There's quite a story regarding censorship here, though. In 1987, a Florida store clerk was acquitted of felony charges for selling the album to a 14-year-old girl, and a record store clerk in Alexander City, Alabama, he was cited, or I really don't know if it was a he or a she or or whatever, but uh, anyway, they were cited for selling a copy to an undercover police officer in 1988, and a few other retailers were later arrested for selling two live crew albums as well, including pot activist and Canadian Mark Emery, who was actually convicted in Ontario in 1991. So these were quite literally regarded as criminal records. And that's why Two Live Crew is actually pretty important in the history of censorship. If that's not an if that's not enough for the band or the group, I should say, you know, that's funny how there's different terms. Like you never hear somebody called a hip-hop band, or rarely do, other than maybe Rage Against the Machine, which blended hip-hop and metal. 
But most of the time, they're either groups or they're just collaborations or whatever. Um, but anyway, uh, Two Live Crew had other legal disputes, such as Van Halen suing them over an uncleared sample of the song Ain't Talkin' About Love, which was used in the Two Live Crew song called The Fuck Shop, which is really quite a funny song and a pretty decent mashup of the Van Halen song. And you also had Music, music Explosion's Little Bit of Soul and Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine. So that's kind of funny. I mean, they had Little Bit of Soul and Sweet Child of Mine. Like you got two song titles with O instead of of. I wonder if they did that intentionally or if it was just some weird coincidence. But anyway, go ahead and check that song out. It's it's definitely explicit as the title, you know, explicitly makes clear. But it's it's a funny song. And and granted, you know, two live crew. You really have to be in the mood to appreciate their kind of stuff. But uh, if, if you do like some racy material, you might be able to appreciate what they bring to, to the table. Anyway, Two Life Crew were arrested. They had a trial and were acquitted, although there were still some who regarded possession and distribution of their albums as something that should be criminal. In 1992, the United States Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit, overturned an obscenity ruling, and the Supreme Court of the United States refused to hear Broward, or Broward County, Florida's appeal. And uh, the lawsuits kept on popping up. There was another one for uh, their parody of Roy Orbison's Oh Pretty Woman. And, uh, yeah, it was a group that was really seemingly offending a lot of different people at the time, definitely generating controversy. But you know what? There's a lot to be said about any group that comes along and um, shakes things up. Anyway, the members of Two Live Crew, you had Luke Campbell and Mr. Mix. You had Fresh Kid Ice and Brother Marquis. Despite all the controversy and the legal roadblocks, they did enjoy commercial success. And to help address parents and the evangelists out there, Two Live Crew even compromised enough to release a censored version of their album called As Dirty As They Want to Be, retitling the watered-down affair As Clean As They Want to Be. Like a lot of groups, they did go on a hiatus at one point. But at some time around 2006 and 2007, Fresh Kid Ice and Brother Marquis discussed their differences and decided to relaunch Two Live Crew. By that time, um, let's see, there was less of a guarantee that each release would be receiving renewed controversy from the group's longtime critics. Not because the group was simply forgotten, but because other hip-hop and music groups were able to follow in the obscene trails that two, that two Live Crew helped to blaze. Two Leave Crew. Jesus Christ, I almost screwed that up. But anyway, uh, 
so yeah, they were trailblazers, and uh, of course they had others who were similar to them as well in other genres of music. But you know, they were one of those people who were really at the forefront, who really were put to the test, I suppose you could say. And they actually came out pretty victorious in the end. So that's why two live crew are important. That's one of the many reasons, even if you're not a fan of their style of music. And some of their lyrics are pretty funny, but you probably wouldn't want to play them all for your grandmother. You know, it's that kind of thing. But they are a pretty important group when it comes to definitions of legal obscenity in music, as well as what is permissible as parody. Thankfully, it worked out that none of them were permanently incarcerated for obscenity. And that really has something to do with, you know, the uh, basic concept of American freedom, you know. Of course, it's not just a freedom concept that's available in America, but it's a certain thing that we're supposed to have here. You know, you're supposed to be able to say offensive things on an album and you're not necessarily going to um, have to spend the rest of your life in prison or something like that. Now, of course, there's a debate over what exactly the limit of free speech is. You know, if you threaten somebody or something like that. But when it comes to Two Live Crew, really, they were just making a bunch of sex raps. You know what I'm saying? That's a little bit different from a lot of material that's out there. It's relatively non-threatening. I don't even think they are considered a gangster rap group, exactly. Just, a, for the most part, a humorous group that sang a lot about sex or rapped a lot about sex and really considering that there are already rappers in the rock and roll hall of fame two live crew might as well be inducted as well where they would face that new sort of controversy because there's always that debate you know should rappers be in the rock hall of fame and i understand people who say no they shouldn't because it's it's a different form of music and yada, yada, yada. But given their history of constantly grappling with censorship issues, it's fair to say that really if if we were to put only one rap act in the Rock Hall, it might as well be two live crew. They would at least be among the top contenders, I would say. And finally, I hate to end with a bummer, but maybe it could be seen as a tribute here as well. Christopher Wong Wan, also known as Fresh Kid Ice, died in 2017. So, um, yeah, they're, they're not all alive anymore at this point. But Wong Wan is noted for being the first Asian rapper to gain some notoriety. So that's another part of Two Live Crew's legacy as well. You know, it was further evidence that not everybody in rap music had to be a a black man, you know? And uh, he definitely uh, paved the way for any, any Asian 
rappers who wanted to, you know, try their hand at uh, success. And I can't say that I'm really that familiar with Two Live Crew in general or anything like that. I'm not even a super fan. But, you know, that's a key part of the legacy of the group as well. They were trailblazers in so many different ways, really. And, you know, I just recommend this group. That's all I need to say anymore. Um, So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed what I had to say about Two Live Crew. And uh, if, if you're into that sort of thing, go ahead and check their music out. All right, well, that's about it for me. Have a good day.